This is College Soccer Nation, the premier podcast for Division I women's college soccer with Old Miss head coach Matt Mott, Rice head coach Brian Lee, and special guest Duke head coach Robbie Church. Give a listen, tell a friend. Now let's go to Coach Mott and Coach Lee. College Soccer Nation, it's Monday. We're back. Better than ever with a great show. I am Matt Mott, the head coach of the Ole Miss Rebels. I am joined with Brian Lee, the head coach of the Rice Owls. On a two-win weekend, Brian, for you. How are you doing tonight? Better than the week before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm doing, I, I am doing well. You know, players time. have a lot to do with things, Brian. And players are back and healthy. They have a lot to do with teams playing better. Would you agree with that? I would agree. A a wise, wise man who actually don't think is a wise man, but I heard a secondhand quote from him said, uh, availability is winnability. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Um, Okay. So one topic today, let's let's set up the show. We have uh, Patrick Baker coming on uh, as our guest. Uh, The mayor will join us here shortly. Um, The RPI is out. So the official RPI for this season, 2022 is out. So we're going to dive into that a little bit. Um, you know, it's still early, certainly. But my first topic, uh, a friend of mine mentioned this to me, and I we were talking about it, and um, we both agreed this would be a good topic for the, the podcast. How come coaches in the NCAA like to use, we're young? Oh, we got a young team. Oh, we're young. Oh, we got a young. So let me ask you this question. Uh, that's the first question, Brian. The second part of this is, do we not all get four seasons? We have freshmen, sophomore, junior, seniors, and super seniors right now with COVID, but we all have the same. Very so true. how year after year after year can some teams be young? Like, I don't get it. And and I, let me just say this. I preface this with, if you are a first-year coach at a school and you've gotten rid of everybody on your team, maybe you're young. But my definition of young is – Six, seven, eight freshmen starting, I would consider you young. My second question would be then, what the hell have you been doing recruiting? Right or wrong? Like, how in the world? It drives me absolutely crazy when these people say, oh, we're a young team. How are you young? Well, here's the way I look at it, Matt. So Arsenal is playing yesterday, the day before, uh-huh. and a 15-year-old jogged yes. on yes. in an EPL game. Yes. So we're going to complain that, a 17, 18-year-old freshman in college women's division one soccer is can't do it because she's young. Or yeah. we're struggling because we're young. 15 yeah. playing for Arsenal. So it's unbelievable. Yeah. You know, and if they were playing Manchester United, he would have been playing against Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. And right? it's, like it's a little bit, don't you think it's a little bit in our coaching community, no one ever loses a game. No one right. ever says, well, yeah. you know what? This fall, I kind of sucked. Yeah. I did a yeah. terrible job. I'm the worst. They all listen to Robbie. It's because Robbie tells everyone they're yeah, the greatest, the greatest coach got ever. Yeah. Guys who, who think they're brilliant. Um, oh. So, yeah, there's always an excuse. Hit the crossbar. You know how it is. Yeah. I mean, and, and the injury is the other thing, right? Like, oh, we're missing four starters. Oh, we're missing five starters. And it, it, it drives you crazy because you hear it on the TV broadcast, right? Oh, it's a really young team. No, no. Why? Why? If it's young, that's your fault, right? If you have a young team and you've been at the coach more the school more than four years, it's your fault. You're young, right? How, how other other well, way would it be? Or what you if, just what if they had a lot of scholarships years? in the upper class and they just rolled over? 
and that guy's in year three or a girl is in year three. And it's the first time they've really had any money to spend. And their team might be young. You know, if you inherited yeah. a team that had a bunch of money in their junior class. Maybe. maybe. Uh, right, let me ask you another one, Matt. Don't, don't so, use the excuse. Just don't use no. the excuse. It drives me crazy. It does. But the youth and the injuries is also a little different. How would the Rams have done last year if Matt Stafford, Von Miller, and Cooper Cup weren't playing because they were injured? You know, they won the Super Bowl. For sure. Yeah. I know they I wouldn't even have made the, the Super Bowl. I wasn't under the rock. Yeah. But I think, I, yeah, sure, sure. But I, I don't like using it as a as an excuse for wins and losses. Well, and how many, it's college women's soccer. Here's the other side of it. How many developmental players come through and as a freshman, they don't play? Yeah. yeah and then as not, a sophomore, they play 30 minutes. And then a yeah. junior, they play 45. They're generally pretty good when they show up. Yeah. So if they, you know, they're either of the quality or they're not in general. I agree. I was and either, you know, and, and again, that's why we have the transfer portal now. Try not working out or we don't see a future for them. It makes sense to, to go find a school where you're going to play. Yeah. No, it's just interesting. I just, I, I heard that this weekend and I'm like, it kind of drives me crazy. Well, wonder, uh, wonder what the mayor thinks about that. Well, I think we should bring him in. Shouldn't we? Yeah. Please welcome to college soccer nation podcast. The one, the only, <laughs> Oh, the man. almighty <laughs> Robbie Church. Churchy, how are you on this fine Monday? Hey, uh, hey, by the way, I know Church, you're in North Carolina. Brian, you're in Houston. It's freaking hot here again in Mississippi. Oh, yeah. All 90s all week, 101 on Wednesday. Yeah. What is yeah. going on? 90, 91 in North Carolina on Wednesday. I don't know. I don't know. We'll At some point, we have to have some fall, don't we? Yeah. Well, we've got to get you up to Congress with, the, you know, the global warming legislation <laughs> yeah all soccer coaches can vouch global warming is real it is real for sure how are we doing churchy how you feel how's your young team doing uh we're not young we're inexperienced <laughs> is, is what we are we're not we're not young we're just inexperienced okay yeah hey matt <laughs> would you like to have robbie's inexperience issues I will. Inexperience I will. college soccer because they're all playing in world cups yeah, yeah. exactly they, they, exactly that's inexperience okay. we're not young uh, i'm not gonna say we're young but i'm saying we're inexperienced okay, okay. that's how you're going with we need some all right more experience. Well, listen i have a fun Little treat for you guys. Fun, fun treat. So here we are, segment two. So the official RPI release is out. And any team in the country can go through and figure out where they fit in the uh in the RPI. Um, so it's you know, one through what what do we have, Brian? Is it three? What's the last one, Churchy? 338? 348. Yep. 340, 348. 348. 348. All right. So one through three four, so initial thoughts, Brian. Give me some initial thoughts on this early on the RPI. What what do you think? What what's your some? Give me some initial opinions. Maybe not who's where, but you know, September nineteenth and the first RPI is out. I think it's it's a very indicative RPI. The timing of it coincides with the non-conference games ending. So mm -hmm. really, what your concern should be as a coach and as a team is what does my league look like. Because what your league looks like right now tells you what kind of opportunities you've got to make the NCAAs. And it's a really quirky year to me with the ACC, SEC, and Big Ten so strongly represented in the top 50, or maybe 51, 52. Um, they're going to take a huge number of the at-larges. And the teams in the Big 12 and you know the AAC this year, and maybe even the WCC 
then a little bit the Pac-12. There's nothing they can do about it because their teams are too low, and now you're only playing each other. Yeah. Any other initial thoughts, Churchy, on it? And then we're going to get into some more specific questions. Right. No, I, I agree with Brian. I mean, I, you look at it in your non-conference segment, you, you set up and you have target games that you look to win. And if you don't miss out, like we missed out, UCLA, North Carolina. Now, as, as RPI comes, first thing I look at is, okay, who's above us and who gives – or who's right around us that we have chances to get that signature win, that big win that yeah. would, you know, propel you into to a seat. Because I think we yeah. all want to be seated, you know, in the top in the top eight for sure. Yeah. So yeah I, top eight gets you – if you win, gets you home all the way through to the final four. Yeah. So that's obviously huge. The top 16 is also huge because it it's you're seated and protected from playing – you know, someone, you know, so for example, Carolina, if, if, if Robbie is, is one and Carolina is two, they can't play each other, even though they're that close location wise. So protects you from that standpoint. Right. Um, certainly. And then obviously you're trying to, to get in, if you don't win your conference tournament, you're trying to get one of the, and this is for people that maybe aren't aware, or don't, don't follow it closely enough. Um, you're trying to get one of the 33 at larges um, if you don't win your conference tournament. So 31, Automatic qualifiers from conference tournament champions. There's 31 leagues in the uh, in the country, and then we get 33 at larges, which are selected based off of a number of criteria. Yep. Okay, so what we're gonna do, boys, um, is we're gonna do we're gonna talk a little numbers, numbers, numbers. I'm calling this okay. So first set of numbers. It's a little <laughs> on so Sunday. Nerdy. A guy who can't add has just named the uh, segment numbers, numbers, numbers. <laughs> 89 games yesterday. This is uh, credit Todd Yelton again. You give him his credit. 89 games yesterday, 23 ties, 25.8 percentage of ties on this Sunday. Okay, so here is my first question. What, again, we're looking for numbers now. What will the average number be on two-game conference weeks now on Sunday matches? So an example is we're looking at 25% yesterday. We're still in a number of teams are in non-conference, um, some conference games. Now you're talking about a Thursday, Sunday yep. for the majority of the leagues. That Sunday afternoon, we just talked about how hot it is in the South. Um, you know, what What will be the number? What's your number, Churchy, of ties percentage? 35%. 35. Woo! Big Brian? It's a Sunday afternoon. It I'm going to say heavy conference games, I think 28%, Pat. 28, still very big, isn't it? So rationale is what? Fatigue, conference familiarity, the underdogs fighting um, yeah. a little harder, knowing they've only got to make the 90 minutes. It's a, The mentality change to me is yeah. significant. And it, it, it's still early in the conference season. Everybody still believes. Everybody yeah, yeah. still believes nobody's eliminated. No, none of the teams players feel like they're eliminated um, and for, for a couple more weeks. So the underdog mentality is going to be there. You know, one right. of the things I, I, are you guys seeing a little more professionalism in the second half from the players, you know, to get the clock killed. Oh yeah. Around a little. Oh yeah. You know, which obviously being coached and it's part of the game. So for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No question. I've never seen a right. walk on the field. As we oh do. yeah. Amazing. All right, here we go. Next one. Numbers, numbers, numbers. Uh, um, this is first, this is a two-part question. First is yes, no. And then second one, I need your number. 
Will ties be sorted in the RPI? That's yes or no. And then the second part of the question is, what will be the most ties a team will have that makes the NCAA field of 64 as an at-large? Run the first question by me again. Yeah. I don't really understand Will it. ties be sorted out by the RPI? Oh, do you mean in other like, words, will the RPI fall in line based yes. on wins, losses, ties? Yeah. yeah. Yes. The RPI's math formula always falls in line to a certain extent. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that, Robbie? Yep. Nope. Okay. That. What is the number of ties that a team will get an at-large bid, not automatic, at-large bid, make the NCAs? So I'm looking at a team with in the top 20 right now with four ties already. Okay. With with roughly nine games to go, right? Everybody's got yeah, nine-ish. We're, we're, we're almost at the halfway point for, for a lot of people if you play, you know, yeah. depending on how many exhibition games you play. So I'm looking at the the, the high-end being four at this point. So I think six, seven, six or seven. Seven. Oof. Hmm. Right? I think it'll be six. And I think there's two teams you're staring at right now in the top 20 in the RPI, NC State and South Carolina, who both play styles that are very uh, conducive to getting some draws, whether you know they have the run of the game or not. So I'm going to go as far as to say NC State or South Carolina will make the NCAA oh, tournament. Oh, wow, strong. I like it. six like draws. It. Whoa. Okay. And, and to be fair, wasn't there a Duke team back in the day, even with overtime, yes. the NCAA yes. six or seven draws? Six. I believe it was six. I don't know. I don't know who coached that one. I'm not <laughs> sure. Maybe it's Billy's team. Maybe it's Billy's team. With that one. <laughs> All right. Here is the next question. You ready? Numbers, numbers, numbers. Um, this is first a yes, no, and then a second piece. RPI is the best measurement tool to determine the at-large field. That's a yes or no. Second part is what RPI's lowest number should be considered by the committee on selection weekend? Whoa. Good question, Matt. I like Thank Robbie you. I like you guys having to think a little bit oh today. <laughs> like you have to think on this Monday. Everybody's scratching their head. If you can see the Zoom call, you- I'm smiling. Robbie and Brian are deep in thought. What do we got? What do you think? Uh, you want to go first this time, Churchy? Is the RPI the best tool? You know, it, it. I would say typically I would say no, but this year with ties and this year without overtime, I, I'm feeling like maybe it's it. I'm not going to say it's the best, but I think it's one of the one of the most important tools that will be okay. looked by you. And guys. What number? What number will be the cutoff of where the NCAA tournament will actually consider you, NCAA committee? Thirty three or thirty three at large teams. Forty five. Forty five. Wow, oh, man, that's uh, low. That's low. Make no. your job easy, wouldn't it, Matt? <laughs> You only had to would, that'd be nice. 45, everybody's in. <laughs> no, let's, no, no, sorry. Let's go 50, uh, about 55. I'll 55, go 55. okay. Right? Uh, 55, I think 10 more. All right, I think this. I think the RPI is the best tool we have available. We said earlier, 348 teams playing 18 games. So nobody plays each other. How in the world are you supposed to pick a tournament? Yeah. Um, or, you know, and it's not realistic to watch all the teams, that kind of stuff. Games are too long. So I, I would say yes. I would it always it'd be awesome if it gets tweaked more and more to mm-hmm. you know more accurately accurately reflect the best teams, but we all know what it is. And then the number you want a number that you should even be looking at if you're on the NCAA committee. Yep. Mm, 65. 
Right. Okay. Yeah. And one time, here's the deal though, Matt, you're on this committee, right? This isn't. Yes. Last time. And one time last you time. guys, please pick somebody who's actually down the RPI a little. So people can mm-hmm. believe that we're actually, that we're actually looking through like 65 because it gets oh. tight and human nature would be, you, you just fall back on the math because the teams are too close in what yeah. you're looking at. Right. It, it, it is, it is a difficult process, fellas. I'm here to tell you, and I'm, I'm okay with it being my last year. We'll All see. right, here we go. A couple more. We got uh, a couple more. All right. With 10 to 12 games left, considering conference tournaments, what tournament teams, what is the number that today cannot climb high enough to actually get in consideration? So if your RPI number this, you're probably already sunk. Let me go first, Robbie. Sure. Yes. Yes. 93, 94. And I'm staring at Chris Thomas's, which might be one or two off, not the actual RPI. Um, but that's Santa Clara and Michigan today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's about the range. And they better win a ton of games to move up. Yeah. You know, but I think, I mean, most of the majority of it's going to be in the top 60 already. I know it's only 10 games, but yeah, it is. Churchy, um, you agree with that? Yeah, I, I agree. I'm in the, I'm close to the number. I'm number 90. And I think I'm staying at West Virginia. And they're going to have to win a ton of games in a conference, um, I think, to, to to move up out of that. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Three left. Oh, How many teams of the 33 at large will be Power 5 teams? More than normal. Yep. Looking at this RPI early, for sure. Brian's counting. I am. I'm looking. Uh, I'm going to say. 33 out of 33. How many? 28. Ooh. Okay. Churchy. That's hot. 25. Ooh. All right. You know what? I think we're doing Matt's work here, Brian. I think he's taking taking all these answers down. I think this is. Uh, uh, You know, you think I'm an idiot, but sometimes. Sometimes. All right. Here we go. The, the final is 348. Last two questions. There are 348 Division One coaches. How many does Robbie think are great coaches and are doing a great job? 300, 349. <laughs> hey, I got to have, I got to be the advocate for the coaches. Okay. Yes. Um, yes. The, yes. The coaches that are down at the bottom, it's, it's because they have an inexperienced team. They have a young team. That is the only reason they're looking. All these coaches from 300 to 348 in experience, and they're young. Yes, yes. That group will be back next year. Like it. All right, last one. If Brian eats a piece of pizza, how many miles will he run because of the guilt? (laughs) I've got that. I've got that. That's five. That is five, five miles. Five, five, five mile day morning, and that's that's at five in the morning too. Yeah, five okay. in the morning, five miles. I think five miles. I'm taking the over. Yeah, Brian, how many pepperoni slice of pizza? No, I don't. I don't. I, don't, uh, I I run so I can eat. You're, oh. you're playing it the wrong, wrong direction. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you. Okay. All right. That was good. Numbers. 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 Nice job, buddy. Yeah. Thanks. All right, here we go. Team of the week, Power Nine. Team of the week. I am going to go first, and I am going to go with the Georgia Bulldogs. Going to Ooh. Texas A&M, very difficult place to play on a Friday night, and grab 
three points out of uh, College Station is never easy. So my Power 9 team of the week is the Georgia Bulldogs. 3-2. Kirchie? Oh, I got to stay in North Carolina, and I've got to go with the Virginia Cavaliers going into Chapel Hill, down 2 nothing at, at half. No, I don't think they had a shot in the first half. Come back, win 3-2. Carolina has never, ever in the history of their program lost a game in regulation. They lost one once in overtime where they were up by two goals, and they gave up three. So they come back, and they so Virginia comes and scores three goals in the second half in Chapel Hill after being completely outplayed in the first half. So that is my impressive. Team. Yeah, that was my upset of the week. Appreciate it. No That's problem. My upset of the week. So there's my upset of the week. I'm it's here for the Virginia beating. Yeah, and yeah, I had heard it. it was 1985 was the last time, and mind you, I was 15 in 1985. <laughs> um, all right, Brian. All right, I'm gonna go with a. Uh, Opposite end of the historical trends of the program, but team of the week, the Mississippi State Bulldogs, oh. two, Arkansas nil. That's my upset. Young James Armstrong, <laughs> the chocolate-eating maestro from Starkville. <laughs> I, bet, I bet he ate some chocolate after that game. <laughs> but two nil, congratulations, James and the team. Probably the biggest win in state history. All right. Um Non-nine power of the uh, team of the week. And this one's pretty uh, easy for me. I'm going with our guest in FAU, Patrick Baker, with their home win versus Kansas. And then on the road at North Texas, where no one ever wins in conference play. Um, that is the uh, FAU Owls. Congratulations to them. Churchy. Okay, to add to that, though, you know, I got to talk about FAU. You stole my thunder, but as you said, nobody ever wins, but you're very correct. Since 2008, North Texas has not lost a home conference match. How about that? Wow. Well yeah. done. Well yes. done. Good job to the house. So I am going with the team, not only for this week, but for their, their the body of work here is I am going with the St. Louis Billikens. Who won two away games, beat LaSalle 4-1, beat Richmond 2-0, uh, both, um, and now have gone to 9-1-1 and and just pole vaulting up the pole, up the poles uh, by week, weekly, too. So St. Louis Billigans are my team of the week. Right? All right, I'm going to go with a team you're familiar with, Matt. Louisiana Tech. Yeah, a lot. Two. One over one of the favorites in Conference USA, Western Kentucky. Yeah. La Tech had some mixed results early, but we're playing, I think, without their entire back four. Right. And got them all back for that game. Poor mm. Western Kentucky. Can you imagine watching tape and then be like, who are these kids? <laughs> yeah. But huge win. Yeah. Okay. Uh, upset of the week. Already, Churchy stole mine. Mine was going to be Virginia over Carolina. Massive win. So, Churchy, who you got? Okay, so you you paid me back and upset mine yeah. in, in Mississippi State, Arkansas. But I do have another one. I do I did come prepared this week. Nice second one here, and that is Maryland one mm. and Michigan zero. Yeah. What a great great win for Meg Ryan. And yeah. Brian, all right, I'm going with uh, a battle of the Tigers. The Missouri Tigers won. Auburn Tigers nil. Mm. Mm -hmm. You know, Auburn yeah. close to the top 10, I think, when that one hit. Missouri, 
you know, still on the coaching change year two, maybe. Is that right? For Steph? Yeah. 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 And a really big win. So congratulations to Steph. Love it. All right. Let's keep it rolling. Churchy, give us the big games this week. Big games. Okay, let's go. We got a bunch of them, too, so I fly through them. So, starting off on Thursday, Auburn, uh, Arkansas is hosting Auburn. Uh, Georgia is hosting South Carolina. James Madison is hosting ODU in, in Virginia fight. Nice one here. Notre Dame is hosting Virginia. How about Virginia? Starting off at Carolina and at, and at Notre Dame. Wow. And Ole Miss, as I've been told, I have to do the thing. You do not have to do Oh, Ole Miss is hosting Florida. Another, another really big game could decide could decide the Big Ten as it, it does a lot of years. Penn State is hosting Rutgers on Thursday mm. night, so that that will be a big. And down in Texas, TCU is host, hosting Texas and Clemson mm. after their big win against Notre Dame. And the opening weekend is traveling to Wake Forest. Um, yeah, you know, I I thought about that. Clemson over Notre Dame. Yep. Uh, that was really a, a, you call it an upset based on how the two teams are doing. But great game by Eddie for sure. Congratulations to him. Great. That was a, a huge look, win. Yep, they look great. Yep. They played okay. really well. So the pack opens up on Friday night. You got a, a, a ton of those we talked earlier about. So Southern Stanford uh, is traveling to Southern Cal. UCLA UCLA is hosting California. California sneakily having a really good year. So this will be a big weekend, or I think it's a one-game trip here. And then in the Ivies, Penn is hosting Harvard. Sunday's got a ton of really good games, too. You've got a lot of uh, SEC games. you got Texas A&M uh, is traveling to Alabama for, I think, a very important match. We have Ole Miss is traveling, is, uh, traveling to Auburn. Um, Florida State's hosting Clemson. North Carolina State is hosting Duke. Notre Dame is hosting Pittsburgh. And again, Pittsburgh got a really good win too last week. We're beating Virginia Tech 4-1 up in Blacksburg. Um, Penn State, after a big after a big match with Rutgers, will come back and they will be hosting Illinois, which is also having a nice year. Um, and I think this is a neat, a neat game that's happening is Maryland will be traveling to Rutgers. So Meg will be returning to, to Rutgers for, for yeah. Two. Yeah. Arkansas. Um, South Carolina hosting Arkansas, Texas Tech hosting Texas. Should be a lot of fireworks. <laughs> oh, that, one. that one's worth the price of a mission. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see that too. And then UAB is hosting Florida Atlantic in there. All right. All right. A lot of big games. Very exciting. Well, Churchy, good luck to you. Two wins Thanks this week, hopefully, much. for you. Get it done. Um, uh, give us a few words on our buddy Patrick Baker, please. Oh, my, my, my buddy here, um, you know, we spent a lot of time together. Can't talk to you about a lot of things that we've done, but we spent a lot of time together. It's been a lot of, it's been a lot of fun. He's a great, he's a great man. He's going to be, uh, do a great job tonight in the host. You got to ask him about his DJ. I will. Check about I will. DJ. Don't you worry. Um, okay. Uh, appreciate you, Churchy. Uh, good luck this week. We will talk to you next Monday. Appreciate you. all the work you do for college soccer nation the mayor my pleasure <laughs> you got it patrick baker now joins us brian very excited oh, yeah. to have pb uh we've we've been friends for a long long time he's been doing this a, a long i'm not trying to say you're old pb but <laughs> welcome to the show patrick baker from uh from fau the head coach down there um we appreciate you coming on with us well thank you guys um 
I value you guys' friendship. You guys are, uh, you know, great testaments to coaches in the women's soccer game. And um, I'm glad you're doing this. It probably gives a lot of people a great opportunity to have a voice and share some some thoughts and some good stories. Yeah, and and I paid him to say that, Brian, just FYI. But, uh, PB, first of all, fantastic weekend, right? You got a home win, um, home win against Kansas and then headed to – you know, one of the toughest places to play in the country, quite honestly, conference games wise in in North Texas with a, a big win up there. And they haven't churchy. We just went over it. Churchy said they haven't beat our um, church, hadn't lost since 2008. I picked you as my uh, my team of the week. Um, well, thank you. But uh, been fantastic. How much do I owe you for that, by the way? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so what we like to do, we always start out with letting the um, coaches come on and just kind of give you your path. And obviously you have a great path at a, a number of really good universities, but for the people that maybe don't know you, don't know your path, if you could just kind of run it through us as you started coaching and kind of at you know up in the D three area and, and then cruise on through. Okay, uh, so I, I tell you, I never really left college. You know, I graduated from Otterbein College in Ohio in you know June of nineteen eighty nine, and I was a head coach in August of nineteen eighty nine. And uh, Mike Fox, who was a legendary baseball coach and actually coached as alma mater unc chapel hill took him to multiple world series uh hired me he was the ad and and baseball coach there at north Carolina wesleyan college and so I, I went the d3 route loved i've loved every place you know i went um north Carolina wesleyan college for five years university of pennsylvania in the ivy league for five years um then you know probably also through my olympic development connections um you know landed the uh, Florida state job, you know, so was there for six years, took them to their first final four in 03. Um, and then went to Georgia. And so after 21 years, uh, four different institutions, um, and then just kind of transitioned, I thought maybe into what we would call the real world, uh, something other than college athletics or college soccer. Um, but got, Pulled back in after about two or three months. Um, wonderful administrator, Penny Parker at Rollins uh, College there in beautiful Orlando um, said, hey, listen, we, we've got a team. Um, it's really good. You don't really have to come to meetings. Uh, just need you. And um, so we had a great we had a great fall there. And then lo and behold, Neil McGuire, who both of you know well, called me from Cal and said, hey, not only am I losing one coach, I'm losing both my assistants, and I want you and Kelly, uh, my wife, to to come out west. And Kelly had been a very successful coach. Um, so ended up going to Cal, had two great years, um, learned so much. Just it was my first time doing club, which I was doing it with Philippe Blen and the Pleasanton Rage. And so just being around such a wonderful human being, uh, with Philippe and, and Neil both, um, you know, just uh, probably felt at that point in time I could have stayed, but also when maybe wanted to get maybe one more, one more place to turn something around. I mean, that's the one thing that, you know, you look at some of the places we've been and we, I feel like we've probably tried to leave them better than when we found them, you know, and um, so came to FAU, had the same thing happen here and um hard to believe it's been 10 years um so had championships in 18 and 19 and then to be honest when COVID hit you know you're talking about the podcast um we probably I did not do a good enough job during the COVID 
you know, crisis with my program, you know, with rather recruiting or player development, we, we were capable, but incapable in the spring season and all of last year, you know? And so I feel like now with an appropriate spring season, we're a lot more like we were uh, when we were at least competing for the regular season conference USA title. But to this PB, that's a lot of stops and you've done great at them all. And I'm your first advocate to make one more stop. Every time I hear a job come open. <laughs> hey, how about Patrick Baker down in Florida Atlanta? It'd be great. Yeah. You know, yeah. you only got to beat who you're playing in the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, now yeah, my, my 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 daughter's a, a senior at Florida State. My son is now playing at Lynn University just around the corner. And so um, I, I'm not so sure I can go anywhere for two years just because I'd love to, <laughs> love to keep seeing my son play. But I appreciate that, that Brian. <laughs> it's the ultimate compliment. Yes, absolutely. Yes, sir. Yeah. Thank you. It's you, Brian. Oh, is it? Hold on. Matt sends me the list of questions. I, I, my phone. I do everything for him, PB. He's just got to show up. Yeah, yeah I, I really don't do much. Matt, you can yeah. only do so much, right? Uh, exactly. Right. It's painful. Right. I just I want to ask Brian, did he read all those books or did he just place all those books? <laughs> yeah, he put all those books up there just for show. Yeah, they, yeah. I, they, they only get read once. They don't move. Yeah. Um, all right. All those different levels, PB. Talk about the differences, pure coaching between like D3 and then being in the ACC. Um you know, the, the vast spectrum that you've coached, are there differences, you know, in, in your approach? Well, I think one of the things that is, I'm, I guess I get it, it's probably becoming more that way, but, um, you know, I feel like some players and some younger coaches feel like the, like if you division two, you're second rate. And if you go division three, it's third class. And I'm like, that, that's the furthest thing from the truth. You know, uh, there are some wonderful schools and universities at all those levels. Um, there's some great coaches that have never chose to move up or had the opportunity to move up and are very content with where they're at and what they're doing and believe in their institutions. And uh, I just think there's a lot that can be said for that. You know, um, I, I used to, think I knew about the educational piece, you know, and, and Brian, you might realize that a little bit at, at Rice, but not when I was at UPenn in the Ivy League, I, I was truly amazed at the, what high, high level academic student athletes were facing, mm-hmm. you know, and I grew a lot that way um, with understanding uh, an education, a quality education, um, and of course, times have changed since then, right? With social media and phone and just technology. But, um, and that's, you know, people wind me up. Like I had so many people, you know, watching our game yesterday on ESPN plus against North Texas. And, you know, I've got my little pad and pencil and they're like, you got to be kidding me. Like, when are you going to throw the pencil away? You know, <laughs> when are you going to come in? And probably a little bit like Robbie Church, right? When are you going to come into the 20th century? Somebody is <laughs> I sorted. So that, um, you know, but I think also just like being in, and, and I get it, there's, there's a lot more at the higher, bigger profile schools. Um, I, I call it eye candy. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of money. There's a lot of great things. 
And, and it's awesome that those things are happening for student athletes, especially female student athletes, especially women's soccer players. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it still goes down to who's your coach, who, uh, what's your coaching staff, what are the quality of uh, your, your teammates, what's the culture like, um, what, you know, what area of the country are you, are you living in, the weather patterns, right, all those things. So, uh, and I'm not just saying that because we live in paradise here in, in Boca Raton, Florida, but it would be worth mentioning, you know. Um, <laughs> But no, I think there's every stop has been great. And, and I think, you know, I try and educate now, um, you know, I've been a club coach as, as well um, for, you know, for 10 years with two teams and it's just a continual kind of education upon education to re-educate uh, just because they hear so much that's not true, mm -hmm. you know, or, um, or falsehoods you know, or inaccurate statements. And um, you would think, I feel like as we have been in it so long that that might have been cleared up a little bit by parents and by coaches and even club coaches, uh, but it's still out there and, and, and um, you know, you still kind of deal with it. So as far as the levels, you know, about what, what is division one, two, three and, and the process. What about PB? Obviously through your time, tons of foreign players. Right. Tons of foreign players, some really great, some of the best maybe U.S. players ever in some of the foreign players. So how have you seen that change and, and what kind of started you down the path with bringing players over? Well, <clears throat> I really and probably I would say. The, the last probably two years at Georgia. Well, let me actually go back. We actually recruited Mamie Amaguch to come to. Yeah, to, she's to what I'm talking about. Yeah, right? you know. Yeah, and um, and we just we felt like there was there was a market that was not being really tapped, right? And it wasn't. A, it isn't like it is now. But um, yeah, it started. You know, it started with Mammy. Um, you know, I wasn't going to take any of those players to to Georgia. But, um, you know, even Mark, you know, one of the first phone calls he made was like, you didn't even try to take Mammy with you, <laughs> you know, and uh, looking back, maybe I should have at least I'm glad you didn't, question, I'm glad you know? you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> know what we all know now, but, yeah. um, you know, had, had dabbled in it, you know, um, had, had gone to different things. Uh, one of my, one of my favorite trips, so I went with uh, fingers from Georgetown and we went to the U19 uh, European Championships in Iceland. And that was just a phenomenal, just to see the different countries and coaching styles and, and systems of play, um, but also just to see how tactically savvy these players were. You know, the, the skill kind of speaks for itself, but kind of the tactical um, abilities. And then, you know, unfortunately, not unfortunately, but sometimes, and it's still the case is, are they athletic enough to transition to the college game and to the U S game, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but when we came here, actually a lot of my connections actually started when I was at Cal because Neil did a lot, you know? And so I kind of jumped in the deep end and, and got to know a lot of things. And um, kind of from that point on, I just kept all those resources and, you know, we, we go on two international recruiting trips a year. And, you know, when you take over a program, especially here we you know if we're if we were to call a u.s national youth team player they're going to be like who are you 
you know? <laughs> sure. If, if we said Florida State or Florida, it might be a little different, but we're saying Florida Atlantic University. But if I go to Sweden, Norway, Iceland, Germany, um, Denmark, and they're saying um, you're at the beach, I can I can get a straight flight into Fort Lauderdale. I don't have to go trains, planes, and automobiles to get to the university. And I can get yeah. a good education and, and play in the sunshine. There's a lot that will, you know, they'll raise their hand. So that's a direction that we've, we've, we've had to go and not spin our wheels um, elsewhere. Yeah. BB coming off the big win over Kansas earlier in the week. Uh, you know, you bring a lot of big teams down to Boca to play. Yeah. What, what's your philosophy on that? Is that RPI related or is that um, just looking for, p5s who will come what's what's the reasoning it's probably it's probably though and I, I don't know brian i just i'm getting too old that i don't want to i don't want to play i want to play i want to play against good teams you know yep. i want to test i want to test our team um i mean don't get me wrong next year you know we, we've got 10 seniors this year so next year with 10 freshmen we're probably going to be doing a little different schedule. <laughs> you know, I think, I think we played like uh, four power fives. You might see two. No, I'm kidding. Um, no, we've, we've, well, the other thing is we're, we, we played UCF in the preseason. We played USF, right? We were very fortunate to beat them in, 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 in Tampa. And then we went and played Brooks, you know, down at Memphis. And those are three teams next year when we move to the American. And Brian, you're in the same situation yep. where – I'm really excited about that, but I didn't want to go into next year not having played any of those teams yep. and not really knowing like, okay, what is this going to be? You know, yeah. um, we played UCF. We could only get the one preseason game. So I'm like, well, let's play UCF because they're really good. And our starters beat their starters 1-0, but their overall group beat our group 2-0. So it ended up 2-1 them. But I walked away being like, okay, if we were to transition this year, we would at least be competitive, right? Um, and then we've snagged a couple of results. And so I feel good about where we're at, but at the same point in time, I know everybody's going to get, you know, better in the next year and in years to come, but, um, that combination and just having a, a pretty good team where if, if by chance we'd nipped a couple of results, you know, um, we tied Miami, um, already we, we tied Oklahoma state, um, Alabama is very good, uh, very good, uh, Memphis, very good. Uh, Kansas, very good. I mean, just on, I mean, you know, nobody comes up with that, uh, <clears throat> that coaching piece that allows you to score with 10, you know, everybody's calling me, Hey, can I get that training session where you score with 10 seconds left? And <laughs> don't, <laughs> there's not one for that. You know, you just, you're, yeah. you're, you're probably pretty fortunate, you know, it's good. Um, all right. So in May, I was lucky enough to get invited down to FAU to go to the, the churchy PB coaching clinic. Right. And it was yeah. fantastic. I, I loved every minute of it. Um, really enjoyed my time down there and was, I thought was very informative, very helpful, great, you know, a couple of days of learning. I know you've been doing it for a long, long time and it's my first time I've been invited, but whatever. Um, but anyway, so the <laughs> question is how did that come about um, and, and really how to get going and, and, and uh, maybe just talk a little bit about that symposium you guys do. Well, I think it's the most important thing we do, Matt, um, just because, you know, you think about where you get your, 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 co your college coaches kind of education and, 
you know, there's wonderful times where maybe you're on a recruiting trip and you get to hang out with a coach or two and you have a conversation or maybe you're at dinner one night and, you know, dinner leads to a couple, you know, drinks and conversation and, but that's the end of it. And um, when Jim Millender was at USC and got let go, uh, they had come up with an idea maybe to keep Jim into the game. And they had four regional kind of like ODP USYS, you know, regional type thing where they were going to do four of these coaching um, symposiums. And I actually, at the time was at Florida state and I, I wrote and I said, I think this is a wonderful idea. I just don't want to pay a couple thousand dollars to go hear somebody <laughs> speak that I coach against. Right. Um, but if something were to become, you know, let me know. And so didn't think much of it. And then I got an email from, or actually an email phone call from, from Steve Swanson at Virginia. And Swanee was like, PB, I know you responded to this. We're having a couple people come into Charlottesville. We'd really like for you to come. Um, he said, unfortunately, your roommate would be Robbie Church. I mean, that kind of threw me back a little bit, you know, but yeah. uh, if I must, you know, and um, so we went up and like you, Matt, I was just, I thought it was a, a game changer, you know, just because you, but you have to also have people that want to share, you know, yeah. and that's one thing I'd say about you is that I, I've always felt like I've known you, but I got to know you at a, in a much greater way. And of course, when you're in a three-day think tank, and you're just talking about your team and your players and the sport that you're making a living out of. Um, I just think there's a great exchange of ideas and it's great for professional development. I tell my assistants all the time, you know, Cameron and Nikki, I'm like, every, every year you're getting this, you know, where people mm -hmm. usually we don't usually we don't. In, well, it's not like we're trying to have somebody come in and use them up and never have them come again. Right. Because I yeah. still have people being like, Hey, what I do, they got to get a second, a second invite, you know? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, but then there's some years we've looked back at the, some, um, at the coaches summits list and there'll be some people that aren't even coaching anymore. You know, they're like, Ooh, that was a bad year, you know, mm, <laughs> <'Cause> now, <yeah. laughs> you know like 2016 and we had 13 coaches and only uh, three are left. You're like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a good thing or a bad thing, yeah. you know, bad info that year. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we had Brian, we had Brian on the doorstep this year, right? Country with the tennis, the tennis circuit. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, yeah. we try to bring yeah. the best, we try to bring the best, but it's, it also, I think at least, at least what other coaches have, have shared with me, you know, like Chris LeMay at, at Utah Valley, who I rate tremendously. Mm -hmm. um, he still refers to, you know, a lot of the Intel on almost a by daily uh, weekly for sure basis. And mm. to me, that's like, I just keep my, my binder from my week is right here, you know? So if mm. I need, if I, something pops up, I'll be like, Hey, you know what? I want to go and revisit that whole thing about, you know, set pieces, uh, whatever it might be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I think uh, it's really, it really good. Yeah. And no, I thought it was really good. And I thought that, like you said, you gotta get people that will share and that's what you're there yeah. for. Right. And uh, I mean, again, you may not, get every deep, dark secret, but you're at least getting some really good information and ways to look at things. You know, you know, I think Chris LeMay and I had a really good respect that we play significantly different, but it's right. many ways to skin a cat, right? There's many ways to skin a cat. So absolutely. Um, it's good. Yeah, Brian, go ahead. Right, Ed, a couple more back to the move from uh, the ACC to the SEC. What was kind of your takeaways from one league to the next and kind of, have you seen that evolve? in those leagues, any differences you might've seen? Wow. 
well, at, at that time, the expansion hadn't hit yet. You know, um, we, we were a little smaller because we didn't have Virginia Tech and we didn't have uh, Miami, although we were part of, you know, I was there during their, their coming into the conference. So when it was just the like what I call the original ACC, um, that was amazing. To be to be honest, that was that to me that was one of the best times, you know. Um, the transition, I think, it was a different time as well because the the SEC isn't what it is now, you know, uh, with facilities and with coaching and um, you know there 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 was probably some places that weren't winning anywhere near like they were like. Um, you know, Colby at Arkansas, right? Yeah. That was, you, you saw them come around and you're like, well, you know, you, you probably post a score, you know? And, and of course now you get to that situation and, and it's, you know, they've been traditionally one of the better ones, right? So um, certain coaches have changed those programs, but I go back to my time in the ACC and just the quality of the, co- it was truly a playground for the national youth national team players. And you mm-hmm. had to be, you had you had to be on point every single time that you played. There was no there was no cupcakes. Even when we started to get really good at Florida State, you know, like two thousand one, two thousand two, leading up to the two thousand three season. You know, every you know you. I'll never forget one year, we were like sixth in the sixth in the country. There was eight teams, so we were sixth, but we were fifteenth in the country. That was just like, you know, and and then you walk out to practice and you'd be training the team. You're like, there is no way in God's green earth that we are nationally ranked. You know, we are going to get demolished. Right. Um, And um, and then, you you know, you you find a way. But this is also when like Ray and Tracy were at Clemson, you know, Um, uh, and and actually that those guys, they actually taught me the very first conference game I ever coached in the ACC was at Clemson and Tracy and Ray are very dear friends right very dear friends and I I remember like walking over and I was going to like say hello and kind of you know tongue-in-cheek maybe little joke not not happening (laughs) not happening it was like listen we may talk after the game but nothing nothing pre-game and nothing during the game I was like oh okay all right this this is gonna be a little different you know (laughs) And then I never forget the other thing about, as I'm saying that we played the first college athletic event after nine 11 Florida state at Clemson. And it was, um, it was an early afternoon game. And, um, but I also remember just being in the conference and the quality of what we're, we're, what we were doing during that time and um, the national pride that we had, um, and I just thought those two universities on that day did about as good of a job as you could of going, going, knowing what our nation was going through, but to get back out on the field and, and play, uh, I thought was amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, you know, it's interesting, PB, you know, you were at the height of ODP, right? You were, you were the director of the South and the height of ODP. And it's sad that people now don't realize how, awesome Olympic development was and how we had all of the good players dying to get in there and how 
impressive Boca was, the Boca event, and and so on and so forth. It's yeah. it's really kind of it's a shame, honestly, that the clubs have kind of run it over and and ECNL and everything else where we are now. But I remember, you know, being a state coach for Florida when we were at UCF and and you guys were were running the show and how awesome uh, Montevallo was <laughs> at those times. Like again, you talk about education, like going around and watching people's sessions. I mean, we had the best of the best coaches, players. The whole thing was just awesome. Just talk about that for a minute. And then I, I got one more question. We'll get you out of here. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, many would argue that was the only way that I was successful was because I was an ODP, but I was a college coach. So <laughs> I, knew, I knew the best the best players were getting picked for us to, to, yeah. uh, to look at. Um, I, I still have them somewhere. But I, I used to take the, the training grid of the states and I would have, you know, we, they would already be assigned who the regional staff member was. And, of course, you always, you know, when you're in charge, you have to go and, you know, be around different people at different times. But, you know, Brian Moore, I thought was a phenomenal trainer mm -hmm. and I've probably stolen more of his sessions than anybody. But I, I thought Mark Francis, actually, that who just played was 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 very, very good. Colin Carmichael. Right, who's not Oklahoma State was was on the Oklahoma staff. Um, some of the early, like Dr. Fleck, yeah, like sure. Dr. Fleck was such an amazing man, right? They they he was revered because of his soccer, but to me, it was more of the man and how he talked about the game and and how you know you should treat players and how to conduct yourself as a coach. And so, yeah, those were. My wife appreciated Montevallo because I'd be there for about a month and I'd lose about 20 pounds, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. With the quality of the cafeteria food there. Which well, that, the, basket, the, the, half the basket lunchtime basketball game. <laughs> well, yeah. Very vicious. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the other thing that, little people, that a lot of people don't know, Matt. When we get up in the morning and Brian Lee would show up in the cafeteria, I would see what shirt, color shirt Brian was wearing. And if I didn't have the same t-shirt color that brian had i'd go change <laughs> at lunchtime so i could make sure that b lee and i were on the same team, same we team. Running, when we were running hoops he probably doesn't know that story. i really uh, didn't care what church he was wearing that's great no that's good times all right last question last two questions two-part question um tell us a little bit about dj cool breeze um and then of all uh we have uh darren after dark is with us as a producer i'm here too uh but dj cool breeze and then the three-part question um and then of all the places you've been west coast east coast northeast what's your favorite area um of the country and that and obviously south you've been too and then and then take a few minutes and, and sell fau for us okay uh so dj cool breeze <laughs> yeah so um I was a communications major in college. So I did radio and I did television. I thought I was going to be the next Brent Musburger. People probably don't even know who Brent Musburger <laughs> yeah, is yeah. now, right? We all um, do on here. We do, but people. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> preaching to the choir. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, so I was doing like radio and television. And so the one thing at Otterbein, you, if you were going to have a show, they pretty much made sure that in your freshman year that you could be arable. Right. And so um, they were looking for different things and, um, you know, I, I enjoyed some R and B and 
So I, I came up with uh, DJ Cool Breeze at 103.5, where the point makes a difference. And uh, uh, that, that's that's how we rolled for four years. At that's great. We did we did some house parties, you know, some fraternities and sororities, and I had my show every Sunday afternoon, and um, it was good. The vibe yeah. was good back then. Yeah, great. <laughs> give That's us a run, awesome. give us a run up. Give us give us a run up to the post. Yeah, I was like, I'm now on the air, and you should know the number one radio station has a cool breeze show. I'm not conceited. I must confess, but you now listen to the very best. <laughs> Now that gets uh, aired. That's, <laughs> that's fantastic. Fantastic. Um, uh, that's great. Um, all right. Give us the um, best spot in the country for you. Can't say Boca. All the other ones. Maybe Boca, but can't say it. You know, I, I'm not going to lie. It, it probably was my my first time, the early days in North Carolina, you know, Um having Mike Fox as my mentor, building a program. I was sworn to secrecy by the AD. I was older than five players when I got hired. <laughs> um, every that, every summer I could go and, uh, you know, I'd go do the Carolina camp. Bill Hempen was at Duke. I'd do the Duke camp. I'd go and um, do the NC State camp. I'd go and do Jack Poland's UNCG camp. Um, I thought that was the greatest thing going week to week getting paid and living yeah. in the dorms, you know? Um, and then you talk about your development, you'd be hanging out with the coaches talking. Um, I, I, I would say North Carolina, I have very fond memories. And if someone would say, Hey, you could retire in, in, in North Carolina, I, I wouldn't retire with coach church at the beach. I'd probably okay. choose the mountain just to clarify. I don't want to be associated with <laughs> yeah. but yeah, but yeah, I'd say, I'd say North Carolina for sure. Love it. All right. A couple minutes on FAU. Um, well, I, th I think we we're blessed that we're 1.8 miles from the beach. Right. And so, um, if, if you like warm weather and you like the ocean then it's a, it's a great location. I also think, and this is a part of our traction for international players. It, it, it truly is a destination. It's a, it's also a melting pot. There's just a lot of cultures in and around Fort Lauderdale, Boca, Delray, um, Shopping is good. Not that I shop that much. Right. But I know both of you like to eat and there's a lot of great eating establishments yeah. in Boca. So I think, you know, if you like, not that you have to go out. Right. And I think sometimes people think, oh, going out like partying out, but yeah. you, you'll always have something to do. And I think there's a great quality of life. We call it the Boca bubble um, because it's a very affluent area. You've got the water. Um, so there's a great, there's a great way of life. Um, and I also think that the university has made great strides academically, you know, um, our new president has really changed the academic climate. Our administration has helped grow the university. Um, many Matt, when Lane Kiffin was here, did a, did a tremendous, it was, it was amazing that an individual could help change a university that much mm. through athletics, but to help it also academically. And um, I saw that firsthand when Coach Kiffin was with us. Of course, I know he's there at Ole Miss, um, but that was that was a truly amazing uh, piece. And I think also now that we've 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 shown some great qualities in in Conference USA, but also we're all very excited, as I'm sure Brian is, to move into the American next year and what those 
types of doors, those are going to be opening up as well. Um, so if, if it's a, from an educational, from a, from a soccer athletic standpoint, and from just a good quality of life, I think we check a lot of those boxes in a positive way. Awesome. Well, we appreciate PB. It's been fun. That's one of the more funny, <laughs> funny ones we've had for sure. Very enjoyable. Um, doing a great job down there. Good luck. Uh, Thank you. Certainly the rest of the season. And, and we appreciate you coming on college soccer nation. Um, and, and uh, certainly, um, you know, coach church uh, took a beating, which is very important really with all of our guests. So anyway, <laughs> we appreciate you coming on. Good luck the rest of the season. Um, and we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks, PB. Thank you guys. Take see care. You Brian, I'll see you next week that, in uh, Houston. That's right. It's coming soon. Right. Take care <laughs> guys. See you. Right. Bye. Uh, that was great, Brian. I enjoyed that. He was, uh, he was very good. We knew he'd be good. We've known him for a long time. He's done this a long time. So not surprising. All right, let's finish this baby up. The things we're looking forward to this week. We got, Oh, we've got the, uh, you've seen him Louisiana tech on Sunday, single yeah. game week though. All the coaches. We love the single game week. We do love the single game weeks. So what, and that game is on Sunday. That game is on Sunday. Yes. Uh, that's nice. You get back, watch games Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Good for you. Uh, we are Florida here. Um, one of the games of the week, apparently. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, we head down to my good buddies down at Auburn play off, uh, Karen and the crew. Um, so it's on, it's on like crazy double, double weekend for us. Um, stress beyond stress, beyond stress. So everybody's looking for points. All right. Uh, been a good show. Appreciate the mayor. Certainly, uh, Patrick Baker from FAU was fantastic. Um, we appreciate everybody that listens. Uh, good luck out there to all our fellow coaches that are right in the middle of conference grind. Check out the RPI, see where you fit. Good luck um, to everybody playing. College Soccer Nation is out.